Welcome to Crab Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I am TK, joined always by Andrew Holly after a 31-17 victory over the Washington football team. Holly, how we doing, man? Doing fine, sir. Doing fine. Ready for uh, another good weekend of football coming up after a Ravens, another Ravens win. Granted, maybe a little uglier than most of us would have thought, but uh, hey, happy to have a win. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, we were just talking about expectations a little bit, uh, and, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But um, we're going to go through our usual game review, talking about the offense, defense, and special teams. We'll hand out a game ball, talk about our pop of the week, some bulletin board material for week five against the Cincinnati Bengals, and our overreaction of the week. So let's jump right into it, and maybe we can talk about expectations now, actually. Ravens offense. Um, with the assistance of the defense and the special teams, obviously, puts up 31 points. Um, and you, you've mentioned that it was a little bit uglier than, than we were anticipating. I think uh, maybe a little bit uglier than we got used to last year. Um, yeah. But again, like 31 points on the board in the history of this franchise, uh, I think myself included, need to reassess my expectations. I mean, we're not going to score a touchdown every drive. We're not, Lamar's not going to have 800 yards total each game. You know, it's, it's, you know, that was a pretty tough defensive line the Ravens were going up against, but um, I think we just need to temper the expectations a little bit. Is that, is that fair? That's probably fair. I mean, you know, especially when you consider there wasn't a training camp. I mean, you know, so for they're usually what for for training camp games and we've just gone through training camp essentially. So mm-hmm. um, I would hope that as the next two weeks, two, three weeks, you know, start to play out that that the you see a little more rhythm on offense. And I, I think that's my biggest frustration is it doesn't seem like the Ravens have been able to get into that same sort of rhythm on drives like they had last year. And, and it doesn't have to be consistent necessarily drive to drive. I just want to see some of that magic that we saw last year. And, and, and it just hasn't seemed as clean um, for maybe lack of a better term, but there, there's a lot of, I don't know, I don't know if sloppiness is really the best way to put it, but it's like lack of execution, I guess, maybe. Yeah, we, you don't see as many of those long, sustained drives, you know, that, like, that yeah. we got used to last year, where, you know, converting first down after first down and, and you know, getting, getting chunk plays here and there, but really taking the clock uh, and, and, you know, making it an ally. Uh, and, you know, th- that comes with that rhythm that we were talking about, you know, and you can even tell it's like rhythm even goes back to like receiving the play call, breaking the mm-hmm. huddle, approaching the line of scrimmage, knowing where the play clock is at, running your play, everybody being in sync and then getting back into the huddle and getting the play call. And like that's that kind of rhythm that, that I'm yeah. talking about, that, which is not even like just the timing on the plays, yeah. which sometimes seems a little helter skelter. But like the entire machine uh, seems just mm-hmm. slightly off compared to where we were last year, and 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 Agreed. I think you nailed it. These four were you know four fewer games than you know we're we're used to 
getting that practice with with the preseason and everything like that. And you know, while it's not the all, the the starters playing the entire game in the preseason, you know, it's still just getting into that rhythm. You know, no matter what, no matter who is on the field. So I, I definitely do think that that has a really big part to play in this. And um, you know, we can only hope that as the season goes along, the, the offense kind of heats up. Um, you know, I, I don't think that our current version of the offense is the ceiling for this offense. I think there's a lot more that they can do. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess there are some concerns, but I don't see them as being um, too major at this point. I, I think everything is kind of just still knocking off the rust a little bit, maybe. Yeah, I think that's very fair. And <clears throat> You know, on top of the, the training camp, <clears throat> or, or lack thereof, rather, you know, I think a big, a big point, too, I mean, you look at the consistency on offense, I mean, really, I should be saying, duh, because Orlando Brown's at left tackle, and we have Fluker at right tackle, so, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, so, you know, obviously, there's gonna be a little bit of a, you know, there are gonna be some issues on offense. You know, when when you switch your right tackle to left and, and have a, a backup in at right tackle, I mean, look, they did they they were fantastic for, you know, their first time at each position for the Ravens. But, you know, at the same time, you know, that, that that's another good reason for the offense maybe not being where we want to see it on on Sunday. For sure. Um, yeah, you know, you have those two guys playing new positions. And like you said, I thought they were really good. You have a rookie right guard, you have young wideouts and, you know, you didn't have training camp and, and like all those things matter. And, um, mm-hmm. I think it'll, I think it'll continue to improve as the, as the offense gels together. So again, in my, in my mind, not a, not a huge concern, um, maybe a concern that we had last week was uh, Mark Andrews, my guy. He bounced back, had a nice game with the two touchdowns, both really nice throws by Lamar. Um, yeah. You know, both on the move a little bit. Uh, you know, the first one was terrific going to his left and kind of slings it into the corner. And, and Andrews got some some nice separation late in the route. And um, he caught it, which was nice. Um, he caught both of them, obviously. But I think it was really nice bounce back performance for him uh, and, and glad that he got back on the horse. Absolutely. Always good to see. And then we also have Hollywood Brown had mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> had a nice game, four catches, 86 yards, um, you know, finding space, you know, and I think that's that's what I want to see from Hollywood, too. I, I want him to consistently have, you know, four to five catches for about 80, some, 80 plus you know, or more in a touchdown. And of course he probably very easily, well, I shouldn't say that he, he very, well, he, hey, he was inches away. He, he very yep. easily could have scored. Um, you know, I don't think, I don't think, I, I think he was down, you know, looking at the replay, but, but that said, you know, if he had had another couple of inches, maybe, maybe he would have scored. Um, you know, Miles Boykin also had, you know, a nice game. I mean, it was only two catches for 28 yards, but of course he caught the big uh, fourth down conversion from our boy, Sam Cook. Let's mm-hmm. go. It's a little, little, uh, obviously we're, I'm going to call this an offensive play, even though it's the uh, special teams trickeration, but that was well, nice Sam Cook. Of, of course, that also led to Lamar's longest run of his career. The, 
50 yard, 53 yard rather, uh, scamper to the end zone, which again is, is good to see from Lamar. It's good to see him break away a little bit. As much as his passing still needs a little bit of work right now, um, you know, it, it, he, it's good to see him getting on a little bit of a roll running the football. But I will say, even with that, you take Lamar's 53 yards off the board. And they held the Ravens to under 100 yards rushing. Yeah, yeah, they did. It, it's interesting because the Ravens are near the bottom of the league in raw yards. Um, I think they're like 26th or 27th in, in yards, but they're like number six in scoring. So they're they've been able to be very efficient um, with those yards, which is nice. Um, I'm not. I'm not too hung up on on uh, the yards numbers, but yeah, I mean they did do a good job against the uh, the running attack. Uh, Gus Edwards was good again. I thought uh, you know more than yeah. four yards to carry. Um, you know, unfortunately, didn't get that touchdown. He got that vultured from him from uh, from Mark Ingram. But uh, he he and Mark uh, Ingram were both over four yards to carry. Um, I think uh, Gus Edwards is, is right now like kind of distancing himself as as the lead back here. Uh, with his ability to run it, yeah, but, but with his ability to run it between the tackles, especially as you know teams really hone in on you know sending defenders to the edge to defend against uh, runs by Lamar, um, Gus Edwards has really been able to take advantage of those lanes in the middle. So it was really nice to see him continue to so far this year be one of the more efficient backs in the whole league. And we were talking about him being our number three back coming into the season. I mean, I, I I can't say enough about Gus Edwards. I mean, he really, considering you've got a Pro Bowl running back and a second round pick that's highly regarded, you know, one of the best running backs ever at Ohio State, and he's outperforming both of those guys right now. Um, <clears throat> as you said, I mean, he he's been by far, you know, at least I'm not only the stats in front of me, but at least by the naked eye, he certainly has been the most effective back his, his runs up the middle have been fantastic. Anytime we've been doing it, I mean, they're powerful. He's pulling down defenders as he runs through. It's everything that we want out of Gus the bus. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think, as I mentioned last week, he needs to start getting the ball a little bit more um, just to help us establish that run game. Um, and maybe, maybe take some of the pressure off Lamar. So he doesn't feel like he's got to do it all himself. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I don't want to say here that, you know, the running backs haven't performed because like you said, they haven't been terrible, but somebody else needs to step up here. And maybe again, it's just the, the offensive line isn't in rhythm yet. I mean, we shuffled around last week, you know, who knows if we're going to have to shuffle again this week, although Stanley did practice today. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we'll, Losing Marshall Yonda, as much as I think Tyree Phillips has played well, I mean, he hasn't, you know, there, he hasn't been a problem, but Marshall Yonda is a Hall of Famer and, you know, certainly one of the best road graders in the, in, NF, in the NFL over the last however many years he played. So that's, that's going to have an impact on our running game. And I think we're seeing some of that. You know, I was just thinking to myself, okay, as we're we're talking about saying, well, we should probably give more carries to Gus Edwards. I'm thinking, well, are we starting to see 
maybe Ingram be a step or a step slower maybe than he was last year. You know, he is getting to that, you know, over the hill age closer to that as a running back. Um, even though he hasn't had certainly the the use that that some other guys his age have had, but you know running backs can lose it pretty quickly. Um, but as I was thinking about that, I just I just keep going back to the offensive line. I mean, it's 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 pretty clear they just need to get you know we're talking about the rhythm of the offense and all of that. I think the offensive line just overall. And again, not to say that they've been playing poorly, because I, I don't think that's the case. But there's still, yeah, there's just something not quite perfect yet. Yeah, it, it's that it's that rhythm, and and I I don't I don't I'm I'm at a loss for words of how else to describe it. But again, just like seeing the long sustained drives in which we're running the ball effectively is just that's just what we've become accustomed to seeing mm-hmm. um i completely lost my train of thought but yeah it, it's it's it does seem to be like something slightly missing something kind of intangible um that that just needs to kind of settle in for mark ingram i think he is he seems like one of those guys who you know benefits a little bit from um, the preseason, um, the kind of a slow start for him outside of that touchdown against the Texans. But I think he just seems like a guy who's going to warm up as the season goes along, as the offense warms up a little bit. He's also going to settle in a bit. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to that because at that point, then we'll have Edwards, Ingram and Dobbins um, ready to rock at the running back position at, at their highest level when those you know, when when the seating and everything like that gets more important near the end of the regular season. But I, I, I do think that he'll he'll kind of settle in. Um, I think there is an added sense of urgency to the passing attack this week. You know, and, and, and more than what I saw on Sunday, it's some of the quotes that are coming out of the press conferences from Lamar and Hollywood and you know, other offensive guys in which they're saying that, you know, we're, we're close. Uh, you know, we just need to connect on some of these things. And, and for, for a guy like Hollywood Brown, and when you see in the games, he's getting quite a bit of separation, uh, which is great to see, you know, that's what we've, what, what we drafted him for, you know, he's not going to you know be a contested catch kind of guy, like, um, like an Anton Bolden, but, you know, he's going to get his separation just, connecting on some of these throws as Lamar settles in and and I, I think that that's going to be really close uh it, it's on its way and um you know that'll help open up some things as well because as like I said before as teams can continue to be really aggressive on you know focusing their attention on the edge so that Lamar can't get outside um you know some of these play action passes where they won't be able to sell out on the run so hard, I think are going to be really, really great for for Marquise Brown and and uh, being able to connect on those. Miles um, Boykin, uh, there was the Lamar Jackson interception. Um, that timing just seemed a little bit off. Boykin seemed a little bit slow getting out of his break. Um, didn't really impact his playing time like I thought it would. I like looked at some of the snap counts later on, and he still got you know his his um, his his snaps on offense. But 
uh, I like heard so many things about him being able to step up and be the number two receiver. I just like that step needs to happen for me a little bit. You know, he really needs to be that number two wide receiver uh, for Lamar. It takes some takes some of the attention away from Hollywood and Mark Andrews. I don't know how you feel about uh, Boykin so far, but just a little. You know, bit. it's funny. I I didn't. I'll have to. I'll have to rewatch the. Uh the the interception clip um you know i think i think a lot of what boykin brings at this point is still stuff that we're not necessarily going to notice as far as blocking and and yes some of the special teams work stuff like that but Mm -hmm. what you said is completely valid we need someone to step up again in that number two role um you know and and look hopefully we've got a couple other choices now whether it be sneed or whether it be duvernay Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got, we've got a couple more choices. I, I mean, I don't, I think we can probably agree it won't be Snead, even though, uh, your overreaction of the week <laughs> a few weeks ago. Um, but you know, I, I think, uh, one, you know, one disappointment was of, of Sunday was DuVernay and the lack of, you know, plays designed to get him the ball in space. You know, I, let's see some of those for DuVernay. Um, I don't know, mix it up a little bit. I, I guess that's where, that's where I guess I'm a little frustrated because it all seems to be the same. I don't know. I, I mean, and not, and not that Lamar is not progressing through his reads. I mean, cause there's a lot of times where you, you're seeing him do that. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I want to see DuVernay get more involved. I mean, we talked about it last week. That was sort of the scuttlebutt last week was they were going to try to get him more involved and I don't know I just where was that on Sunday yeah his snap count did go up uh, on offense he played 16 snaps which is um, more than he had so far but still only two targets one catch for four yards and I think we've seen already how successful plays can be when you specifically design it to get it into DuVernay's hands because of his acceleration uh, and, you know, like some wide receiver screens and things like that. Um, I, I agree with you. I think he is just like another weapon to get the ball to. And, and you know, he, he's shown his ability to do it in a few different ways. So, yeah, yeah, I think we can expect to see that. I just think overall, you know, it, it, this again, this is, seems like it's coming off as very negative, but I'm just – thinking that we need the offense to just settle in a little bit, get into the regular season grind after four games of, um, you know, one really good game against the Browns and then three, maybe not the best performances, but look, I mean, if, if that's the case and we're still at three and one, I think that's a pretty good sign for where this team is at as a whole. But uh, I think this, the offense still has uh, a lot more success ahead of it. Yes. Um, let's see. Anything else to add on the offensive side of the ball, or should we flip it over to the defense? I think we can go ahead and flip it over to the defense. All right. Let's flip it over. I think we got to start with Marlon Humphrey. What? I mean, to sign a huge contract during the week and then come out and force a fumble and do exactly what you've become known for, I mean, it, does it get any more perfect than that? He's the man. I, I mean, it, it, you, there's no you other way to about, say it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 
we talked about last year, oh, we need to, we need a closer to develop and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we've talked about how we got Marcus Peters and yeah, he can be that guy. But you know what? Humphrey is now that guy, too, because he, he pretty much any time he makes a tackle now, I'm expecting the ball to get punched out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is just a money player. I'm so excited that, that we have him long term. And uh, just another in a long line of fantastic Ravens defenders. Yeah, yeah, he's a beast. Um, Patrick Queen was over there as well. He seemed to be moving around really well all across the field. Um, I think he bounced back pretty nicely from a tough game against the Chiefs. Um, Absolutely. So it was really, really good to see him have a good game after after that. Um the favorite, I think, the favorite play uh, on the defensive side of the ball uh, that I liked was our was our little goal line stand where, where uh, Patrick Queen came up and gave uh, the running back a little forearm shiv and and completely knocked it backwards. A little Hell yeah, from Pernell McPhee, but that was really cool. I mean, like Junior Seau esque kind of. Play. Yeah, yeah, like you got up into the air to make that play. That was really awesome. It. it you know, reminded me of like Ray Lewis jumping over Absolutely. a pile to, you know, make something like that happen. So that was really cool. I'm really glad that he was able to bounce back from that game. No doubt. I mean, it, it was fantastic to see. I mean, it, you've got our young, young little middle linebacker basically embarrassed against the Chiefs. And he comes back and, you know, nine solo tackles, three tackles for a loss. I mean, like you said, the monster goal line stand. I mean, just fantastic to have a guy who, you know, was embarrassed by the Chiefs and comes back and, and steps up. Again, another another good sign that the Ravens have yet another fantastic young defender to add to that defense. Another potential closer at middle linebacker. You know, it, you can't say enough about Patrick Queen so far this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we can... Stick with with that run defense that we're talking about, which has been which was really good. Again, only gave up 69 yards uh, on the day, you know, just about three yards a carry uh, outside of, you know, a couple couple like chunk plays, you know, maybe a run of 10 and a run of nine. The, the running defense was really, really good. Um, even with Derek Wolf out, uh, it was nice to see the uh, the other guys be able to come in. And, and support the run like that. So that was really good to see. Uh, we finally got a Jalen Ferguson sighting. Is that yeah. right? His first? That is yeah, correct. I mean, he had his first sack of the year. And that was a nice game. play. So welcome back, sack daddy. It's good to see you on the field. And it's nice to not be talking about how he's too fat. You know, I like it. Yeah, and maybe like maybe he's another guy that just needed a little bit of time to work into you know, work and that's into the speed, fair. you know. Yeah, that's very fair. Um, you know, and then also we can't forget that your boy Matthew Judon also had his first two sacks of the year. Yes, finally got home. I think he came unblocked on both of them actually. So um, maybe maybe some credit is due to the uh, to the football team's offensive line, but. <laughs> Yeah, he's still got to be there to make the plays, right? That's true. And and Haskins is a big guy to bring down. I mean, he's yeah. essentially Ben Roethlisberger's size. So, I mean, tough guy to bring down. Judon got home twice. Finally, um, you know, put some stats on the board. So that's good to see. Glad to, glad that he was uh, able to do that as well. Um, 
Otherwise, he had five quarterback hits. I mean, that, like he was very active in the game. He had a pass defense. Uh, Clay Campbell, another pass defense. I'm sure he's leading the league still, right? I mean, like, his he, tip he, ball. I mean, he gets at least one tip ball game. It's crazy, right? So, like, I mean, he's he just finds a way to get into some passing lanes, and it's really uncanny the the ability to do that for um for a defensive lineman. I mean, it's it's amazing to see him like kind of drop back a little bit and make these plays. You saw it in week one on, on the interception that Marlon Humphrey brought down. And then this game, he kind of dropped back a little bit and uh, was able to bat down a pass, which, I mean, sounded like it hurt a little bit. It came through the, uh, <laughs> through, the through the microphones pretty strong there. So, you know, I'm sure he ate that right up. He loves that pain. But, um, yeah, g- great to see him playing well as well. So, uh, you know, overall, I, I was pretty pleased with the defensive effort. Um, you know, another another name that, not an issue that people were really, really scared of was Anthony Averett. I mean, you know, we thought the teams were going to come in and target him and go after him and, you know, really uh, take advantage, but that really hasn't been an issue. No, he's he's played very solidly. I mean, you know, and, and he's in a great spot, I think, in a lot of respect. Now, certainly you, you would expect someone to go, okay, Averett's on the field, that's where we're throwing the ball. But the Ravens are also putting three other defensive backs typically on the field with them that can cover their best receivers. So he's not going to be the guy that's going to be on their number one guy mm-hmm. very rarely. Um, so I think the Ravens are protecting him in that respect because we've got, you know, with because we have three Pro Bowl caliber uh, other corners. You know, so I think that definitely helps his situation. But props to him. He really has played played fairly well. Yeah. So, I mean, yes. Is he allowing completions? Yes. Are they big plays? They're no. always going to, you know, corners are always going to allow completions. I mean, it, it, it happens, you know. Um, I, that's part of their job. It's like, oh, a pitcher gave up a base hit. It's like, well, yeah, that happens. That's going to happen. It's part of the game, right. you know. I mean, you're not going to have people shut. You know, look. You can be a decent corner and have a fine NFL career, and you're going to give up a hell of a lot of passes and catches um, and yards. And, you know, it's only the Deion Sanders of the world that completely shut anyone down, you know? Um, It's crazy when people just get, get nuts like that and bash players who Averett was what a late round pick i mean let's yeah not, mid, mid-round you know, guy you know yeah give him some so, cut him some slack mm-hmm. yeah so i mean look for for as big a deal as it was made about him getting snaps it has not been an issue and i, and no. I think that's a testament to him playing Absolutely. you know some pretty solid football um, maybe something to keep an eye on, you know, a, another thing off the field, Brandon Carr is now available, um, after being cut by the Cowboys. Um, is he, is he a name that you're interested in bringing in to kind of bolster this group and kind you know, of solidify it? I probably it? would have said yes before he signed with the Cowboys. I mean, I, you know, I, I really have no idea. I, I, I really haven't followed it quite frankly. I, I, so this is the first time I realized he got He's been released, but, you know, I, I don't know at this point. I mean, 
a, a big reason why he signed with the Cowboys is he still lives in Dallas and he was able to just kind of get off his couch and he ended up, I think, play, or at least being on the active roster game one, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'm uh, Not really. What do you think? You know, on one side, he got cut from the Cowboys who have mm-hmm. put up some of the worst defensive performances in the league so far this year. And, uh, you know, that's kind of telling. But he does know the system. He has some flexibility between corner and safety. He can play inside. He can play outside. And I'm not saying that he's a guy that needs to be playing, you know, 40, 50 snaps a game. But as a depth piece, um, a nice veteran to have just in case, you know, a a guy like Jimmy Smith or Anthony Averitt goes down. Uh, he may not be a bad insurance policy in that kind of capacity. So I'm I'm all for it. I, I think that if there is a deal to be done, then, you know, I would be pretty pleased if we brought back Brandon Carr. Um, but again, he's not he's not a guy that I anticipate stepping in and, and taking snaps away from. Oh, you know, definitely from, our, from our guys. I, I guess on the my roster biggest now. question would be, you know, who who gets cut? You know, is it a special teams guy? Um, you know, does, would Carr play special teams? I don't recall. No, I don't think he would. Um, so that's so the guy that the guy that was the brought onto thing. the yeah, the guy that was brought onto the active roster after uh, Tavon Young's injury was Jordan Richards, and he does play mm-hmm. a little and bit. He's safety. a big time special. Well, he, he doesn't play safety on this team, but he does play special teams, and he is a yeah. key contributor. So. I don't know. It, it would be interesting, uh, you know. I mean, there's how, always how the Geno would... Stones of the world that also don't seem to be, you know, getting any any time. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I, I I I mean, I'm not against it, mind you, but I just don't see the need at this point. Of course, I say that, and who knows what ha- what will happen on Sunday? But um, you know, I mean, definitely something to put a pin in. Yeah, yeah, and we always say you can never have too many corners. <clears throat> Um, especially a corner that knows the system already. I don't think um, you know, he's got that veteranosity that Harbaugh tends to like. Yep, yep, and I, I think it's worth kicking the tires, reaching out to the agent, see if he's interested at all um, in, in doing that. Uh, anything else to add on the defense? I'm trying to think um, if I have anything else here. Uh, oh, another nice addition that might be coming back this week, week five, is uh, the rookie Justin Matabike uh, might be making his NFL debut uh, on the defensive line. It seems like he, he was practicing last week. He's practicing again this week. Um, so I think it looks like he's in line to be at least an option on Sunday. Based on what we heard about him in training camp, I think he would be a really welcome addition to the defensive line to not only help out with the rotation, but also to um, produce some pass rush with that front four. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to see what he brings to the table. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you know, that's the, again, one of the the issues of not having a training camp is we as fans didn't get to see all the rookies play. So, so mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be good to see uh, what he can bring to the table this year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that'll be really interesting. We'll get Derek Wolf back, which is nice from injury. Um, so I think that defensive line is going to be in a little bit better shape. Uh, and then I think the inactives start to get 
pretty interesting uh, once these guys get are getting back from injury. So, yeah, I mean, I think the defense overall played pretty well. There were some big plays um, to Gibson, who had a really nice, really nice catch and run. Uh, Terry McLaurin had a big play late, but that was, you know, essentially in garbage time. Um, so I, I think the defense did what they needed to do to secure a victory. Uh, they they finally racked up some sacks, uh, which weren't coming so easily in the first few weeks. But um, yeah, I, I think I'm pretty pleased with with the performance that they put together on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, certainly not you know not our cleanest performance, but but one that we can't be upset with. It was generally dominating the Redskins for the most part, and and the you know the win was never really in doubt. Right. And, you know, it, we're, we're here on Wednesday the 7th, and earlier today the news came out that Dwayne Haskins was getting benched. And we're, we were both a little bit surprised by that. Um, I don't think he looked that bad on Sunday. He it's really didn't. A, yeah, it's just a pretty, pretty good defense and a, and a pretty, pretty good offense that came out and beat the, the football team. So, uh I think that's a tough break. I think it's a combination of losing the front office that drafted him. I think it's Ron Rivera kind of just likes Kyle Allen a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I, yeah. For whatever reason, it certainly doesn't seem like Rivera likes Haskins. I mean, that whole comment, you know, I guess before last week where he said, you know, he's got to do better for the men in the squad or, you know, yeah. whatever. Whatever he was saying, he let the team down or, you know, mm-hmm. however he put it was certainly not a positive comment for a young starting quarterback, right. um, you know, and and I, like you said, he really did not play that poorly um, for a for a young quarterback playing a defense that you know, went 14 and two last year. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I mean, hey, you know, I. I can't, I, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. There were several points in the game where he was throwing to Gibson and McLaurin. And, and now I wasn't nervous we were going to lose, but I was pissed because they were making plays, you right. know? Um, so I, I think it's unfortunate for him, but I guess that's the NFL. Yeah, that's how it goes, I guess. Um, and, you know, we mentioned Ron Rivera. It's like amazing that he's even on the sideline for these games. Oh, my uh, God, with, yeah. You know, with everything going on with him. But, I mean, that's that's a that's a really – I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's amazing that he's able to coach yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, all of all, obviously, all of our best wishes to him. If mm-hmm. you're listening out there, Ron, you know, you are you are awesome. Because Mr. Riverboat. Everything you, you just said there, TK, I mean, the fact that he's – you know, he's sitting down in between plays and he's got, I mean, the fact that he's even there, I mean, go up to the booth. Um, I just, I, he's heart of a lion, you know, all that kind of stuff for what he's going through right now. I, I mean, mm. yeah, yeah, truly amazing. Um, over to the special teams. Uh, one thing was Justin Tucker obviously did his thing. And we mentioned it in the offensive section, but Sammy Dimes, Sam Cook, another dart for a first down. He's now seven of seven on his passing career, hundred uh, percent the most efficient quarterback in NFL history with a minimum of five attempts. 
I mean, the guy can do it all. I mean, he's the holder, he's the punter, he's throwing, he's you know, he makes tackles. I mean, man. You got when does he go to the Ring of Honor, TK? Mm. Does he go to the Ring of Honor? Week week five versus the Bengals. Just put him oh, up is there. That? Okay, I like Just it. Just stick him I up like there. It. Yeah, have him, put have him right come there. out. At, when he comes out for his halftime warm-ups, just uh, have a little ceremony for him. I like it. That's a good call. That's yeah, good call. I, I mean, I don't think a punter will ever get there, but if there was a punter uh, it would be in him. this franchise, it, it would be him. Absolutely. Uh, even though we have had a nice history of punters, actually, um, between yeah. him and uh, Dave Zastadil. Yeah. And um, Kyle Richardson, you know, I think. Kyle Richardson, that? yeah, you're right. He yeah. was the punter during the uh, Super Bowl run. And yeah. uh, with that offense, he saw Kyle Richardson quite a bit. So, uh, um, I mean, nice, nice, rich history of punters. We in, do. In I mean, Baltimore's like, history. Think about that because it really, it is a, I think, a pretty straight line from uh, Richardson to Zastadil to to uh, Sam Cook, right? Yeah, yeah. I Have think, we really uh, had three punters? Only essentially three punters in the history of the franchise. Yeah, I think so. I think Kyle Bowler punted one time. I think Cordell Stewart punted one time. Yeah, uh, but. Outside of that, I think it might just be three, which is which is amazing. And then when you think about place kickers, yeah, Stover and Tucker. I mean, Stover. I mean, the then we had Hauska, not great. We had uh, he who shall not be named. Yeah. And who else? Anybody? I mean, Kari Vidvik. Oh well, but he he wasn't really <laughs> the, our most I mean, valuable <laughs> kicker. Well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, he was pretty darn valuable, but. Uh, we got Calais Campbell, I think, right? Is that who we, who yeah. we got essentially? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and J.K. Dobbins, I think. Right. Um, right. Anyway, um, yeah. I mean, regardless, I mean, Sam Cook is pretty fantastic, and Justin Tucker's fantastic, and hey, we uh, and and actually, speaking of special teams, we wanted to talk about the uh, practice squad uh, protections. Right? Yes, and how the Ravens are keeping their long their backup long snapper protected every week, which is genius. Yes, yeah, I, I it's slipping my mind whose long snapper got hurt last week, but they had to go sign somebody off the street instead of a Baltimore Ravens trained long snapper from our practice squad. And they've also I mean, got to worry about you know the whole COVID thing, and they've got to you know, go through all that process before they can even get to the point where they're playing. It's not like they can just sign that guy off the street either. Right. Right. So, I mean, it's awesome. I I knew that that was going to come into play somehow. I just didn't know exactly how, but what a way to win the practice squad freezing than, than with your uh, Mm -hmm. backup long snapper. Absolutely. you know, at the beginning of the year, I was really interested to see how it might reflect some strategy and things like that. Um, I don't think it's done that at this point, um, unless I just haven't well, seen any patterns yet. Well, you know what's crazy, yet. actually, and, and I realize you didn't get this point, I think, because you didn't have a chance to fully watch the game last week, so you might have missed the commentary. They mentioned, I believe, during the game that because the Redskins had a lefty punter, our backup long snapper is also a left-handed punter, and he was the guy in practice punting so they could get used to a left-handed punter. What? 
How crazy Dude, is that? This is the best. Nick Moore, my gosh. Free, freeze him on the practice squad forever. Right? My yeah, goodness. I mean, that, seriously, he may have just solidified some kind of role with the Ravens for years to come because he's a long snapper that can punt left-handed or left-footed. Yeah, yeah. Whenever, whenever Morgan Cox calls it quits, yeah, this guy's waiting in the wings. And and for for those um that that may not have picked up on it, the, the ball spins off of a left-handers or, or a left-footed punt differently than a right-footed punt. Um, and it's and it's just it's just slightly different to catch for the punt returner. So I guess that's why they were practicing that, yep. knowing that the that the Washington football team had a lefty punter. So yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. I, I did miss that uh, actually. So I'm glad you brought that up. But Nick Moore, man, man, but that's that's really cool. Special uh, teams are special, man. They they certainly are. Uh, another nice day for James Prochet, uh, I, I thought, uh, with his three uh, punt returns and you know, two fair catches. But you know, another solid outing. Uh, for him, you know, no real concerns with him at, at even catching the ball, and, and he's getting some nice yardage as well. So, yeah. nice to see he, some stability. He looks and, just tr- – I trust that when he's back there catching the football. I really – you know, as much as you would read about how good his hands are, you know, mm-hmm. from from college, you know, draft lead-up, all that stuff, because um, I know he was one of the guys that I actually really liked as a late-round pick going mm-hmm. into the draft yep. and, and uh, it's just, you know, having that confidence in your punt returner, just that he's going to catch the ball mm-hmm. goes so far for, of course, we're just fans, but it still goes so far as you're watching, you know, as you watch it, you know, just to give you some confidence. Yes, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And I do remember you were very high on him as a late round pick. So I'll, I'll definitely give you credit there. And I want to give credit to both of us right now because I think this is the longest we've ever spent on special teams. So, <laughs> you know, just just so just so you guys know, we don't forget about them. Sometimes we just get a little bit caught up in having Lamar Jackson on our team and talk about the offense for a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. But this is definitely our longest and best special teams segment no to doubt. date. No doubt. Um, let's see. Let's go to our segments. Um, unless you have more to add on the special. No, teams. no. I think okay. I think we've we've. I'm gonna. Hold back. We got to keep more for you know next next pod. Yeah, that's true. And we barely even talked about Justin Tucker. That's great. Um, yeah. Okay, segments. Game ball. Who who you got? I got Patrick Queen. I gotta go, Patrick yes. Queen. He's my boy. He was who I you know. Speaking of people I wanted in the draft, I mean, it, he was the guy. So I'd, I'd love to see it. He gets my game ball. That's. Very, very good. Um, I am going to split it between our starting tackles, uh, Orlando Brown Jr. and DJ Fluker. You know, both guys playing a little bit out of position. It was it was Orlando Brown Jr.'s first start in the NFL at left tackle, and DJ Fluker hadn't played tackle in forever. And for them to not be a major storyline as far as uh, negatively is a huge, huge accomplishment for them, uh, given the given the position uh, and with the with Washington's pretty talented defensive line, so I'm gonna split it between those guys. You know, only one sack for Lamar, but uh, you know I think both of them then uh, did a great job handling uh, an well adverse deserved. situation. Yep, very yep, well absolutely. deserved. Absolutely. Um, let's go to our pop of the week. 
I, I'm going with the uh, the forced fumble from our man Marlon Humphrey. That is my pop of the week. It's hard not to pick that, right? I mean, it, it was just perfect. It really I was. Mean, it was a great time for it. You know, right it, guy, right time. Yeah, right guy, right time. Just fantastic player. Thank God we signed him long term. Oh yeah, and then I'm gonna go with Patrick Queen, that forearm shiv that I mentioned before on the goal oh, line. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was awesome. You know, we really just stopped the running back in his tracks, um, sent him backwards. And, uh, you know, that was a really nice play by Queen to come up there and be aggressive. So let's now move forward and look at our week five matchup against kind of a surprising Cincinnati Bengals team. I, I think they're a little bit better than everybody thought they were going to be. They ju- they're just coming off a win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, They have number one pick Joe Burrow as their starting quarterback. What are some of the things that uh, the Ravens need to do, or or what are some of the things about the Bengals that uh, we need to keep in mind uh, going into this game? Well, they can't can't overlook the Bengals. I mean, Burrow's playing well. Mixon, Offensive Player of the Week last week. Their offense is humming right now, and the the Ravens really better – come with their game faces on and, and get ready to play. I don't, I don't think this Bengals team is, is as bad as we want them to be. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And that's kind of my overreaction of the week. I think this game is going to be really close. Um, one, because the Bengals are better than everybody thought. The, the second reason is that it's a division matchup and division matchups always seem to be close, uh, except for that week one game against the Browns. Um, the Ravens may not be firing on all cylinders yet. Uh, you mentioned Joe Mixon. He's been hot. He's the, uh, you know, he had a few touchdowns. He likes to catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean, he's good at that, which the Ravens seem to struggle at defending. Uh, and the, the wideouts for, for the Bengals, you got to think about guys. I mean, AJ Green hasn't done much this year, but he seems to give us fits. Um, Tyler Boyd. Another good wideout. They have Auden Tate, who gave us trouble last year, mm-hmm. and T. Higgins. A lot uh, is there. Yeah, and and T. Higgins as well. So they have four, four guys that can really make you pay uh, on, on the outside. So I think that this is going to be uh, a little bit closer than than Ravens fans want it to be. I like I I like your overreaction, and I I I tend to want to agree with it i i have to admit there tk you know i just sticking with our our overreaction theme not to step away from the bengals too too quickly here but you know i I was trying to keep up you know come up with my overreaction as we as we started i didn't have anything that 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 popped into my head but as as we've been talking i'm thinking to myself wow this is actually an interesting overreaction so here it is Orlando Brown Jr. may well be the Ravens' left tackle of the future. Huh. Interesting. You mean so you're saying that in the case that the Ravens don't or can't sign Ronnie Stanley long term, you see OBJ yeah. flipping over to the left side permanently. I do. I do. Let's face it, he played left tackle in college. Right. A little bit. I think he played mostly right. I, I forget who their left tackle I, I'm was. I'm pretty he sure he played left tackle. Pick. Now, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he played left tackle at Oklahoma. 
Um, now, is he a left tackle in the NFL? I, I don't know. But I, I find it interesting. You know, I mean, yeah. you've got a guy like Fluker that he's got experience there. The fact that they went and moved Brown to left tackle, I think that says a lot more than maybe we're giving it credit for. Now, look, I want us to sign Ronnie Stanley, but the reality of that Laramie Tunsil deal, someone's someone's not going to get signed. Yeah. And, you know, heck, we could trade Stanley in the offseason. Get a lot. And, but, you know, as I said, you know, the Ravens are going to need both cap room and young players slash draft picks to fill in those spots. Mm-hmm. So it's something to think about. And that's my overreaction of the week. That's really interesting. Um, that's really interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't considered that before. But, uh, and maybe it's yeah. because you're a, you're a uh, intelligent human being, but that's you know, <laughs> I, and that we'll, we'll just hey. call it. I'm I'm overreacting for the moment. I mean, I yeah, you know, that's that's the name of the segment for a reason, yeah. right? I mean, exactly. you're supposed to get a little crazy with it. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, that's that's a that's an interesting overreaction. I think it's a fair overreaction in this lens. Um. But hopefully with Ronnie Stanley practicing this week, he will be back at left tackle uh, against the Bengals, who do have uh, Sam Hubbard on the defensive line, who I really like. And he, he tends to provide quite a bit of pressure uh, regularly against the Ravens. So, you know, it's not a great defense for the Bengals. And I think that's kind of where they, um, you know, they're middle of the road offensively. Uh, as far as, you know, if you just look at the yards and things like that, I mean, the the efficiency is a little bit different. Uh, and then they're closer to the bottom of the league on the defensive side. I think, you know, we, we saw an opportunity to, to run the ball really effectively against the Washington football team. I think that opportunity, again, presents itself uh, against the Bengals and um you know, I think I think that the the offensive line that we keep mentioning is just going to have to find a way. The offense is going to have to find this rhythm uh, against this young team, and uh, I think this is a good spot for them to try to try to figure it out here. I hope so. I I, I want to see the especially with Stanley back. Hopefully, you know, I I want to see the some improvement on the criticisms that we had earlier in the earlier in the pod you know i want to see at least one or two it doesn't have to be every drive but at least one drive that's crisp and efficient and you know shows us okay there's there's what we saw last year Mm -hmm. um so i I hope to see that and and really i i want to i just want to see the ravens continue to be strong on defense um and, and not let this young rookie uh get the best of them certainly yeah, I I think he's capable of making some plays. I mean, just just the way that you know Haskins was like annoyingly pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, I think Burrow has the ability to make some plays, especially you know he he liked he can he is capable of extending plays with his legs. I don't know if he technically likes to do it, but he he can do it. And um, you know, with guys like Boyd and Tate and Joe Mixon, 
you know, he has the opportunity and, and the pieces there to, to do some damage. I think their offensive line is um, a concern for them. I think it's another another time to to uh, tune up the pass rush a little bit. And, uh, you know, this Ravens defense versus rookie quarterbacks tend to have uh, a little bit more success. So, um, you know, as, as much as I anticipate a close game, uh, I do anticipate the Ravens coming out on top uh, at the end of this one. I would I would generally agree. What do you think about score? You know, let me uh, look up some some Vegas odds here, and uh, I will let you know what those are. I've and, got uh, I've got something in my head, but I'm wondering what that uh, over under is and good stuff. Yeah, why don't you uh, go for that, and then I will. Okay, here we go. The Ravens it? are favored by thirteen and a half points, which okay, I think that actually would, seems high based, to me. Yeah, yeah, based on based on everything that we just saw, is uh, a I little high. Ten. I mean, yeah. I could see ten, but thirteen and a half seems a bit a bit high. Yeah, yeah, that seems a little high to me. So I would, I, I mean, with this spread, I would take the Bengals. Absolutely, but. Uh, Let's see. This is and I think I think am I wrong? I think I read something that Joe Burrow has beat the spread in each of his starts, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So hey, he has. For those that want to win some money out out there, I think uh, we're 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 giving you our 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 hot tips. Yep. There you go. If if you trust me, who doesn't gamble for real, (laughs) and me who loses when he chooses to. (laughs) So the. The line for the over/under is fifty-two. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm I'm taking the over, and I'm gonna go thirty-five, twenty-four. Ravens. Okay. Uh, I was gonna go thirty to twenty-two. Like I said, I mean that might not sound close, but one score, yeah. one score game. Um, I think Burrow just finds a way to keep him in it, and and you know the Bengals generally tend to be a little bit annoying, um, especially against the division matchup. So, yeah, that's what I'm feeling. I think the Ravens win. I think they probably do look a little bit more um, more in sync on offense, but uh, Burrow might give them some issues on the defensive side. You know, and let's not forget Mixon. I mean, I'm I'm mm-hmm. actually very concerned about Mixon. I mean, when he's been at his best, he has shredded the Ravens. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, I mean, one of the areas that they struggle is defending running backs in the passing game, and, uh, you know, Mixon can definitely do some damage there, you know, whether it's on a screen or, you know, splitting out um, into the slot or out wide, so um, the linebackers are going to have their hands full with that one, and that'll be an interesting LSU matchup, uh, Patrick Queen and Joe Burrow, that should be pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely, I I didn't get to catch all of the interview today, but uh, there's there's some good stuff. Uh, Patrick Queen talking about Joe Burrow a bit uh, in in their presser today. Um, so that's it'll be it'll be interesting to see which uh, which old old teammate one one ups the other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Patrick Queen uh, got bested by Clyde um, Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another another LSU guy. Yeah, Elaire. But, uh, you know, I think he'll get the best of Joe Burrow here. Um, we can only you... Yes, absolutely. 
So we got we both have the Ravens winning. We both have them settling in and and playing a little bit better football here, getting another division and another AFC win. Uh, if you don't have anything else to add, do you want to sign us off? I think I will. Well, everybody, enjoy the rest of this beautiful week actually here in Baltimore. I think it's going to be an ugly weekend, a lot of rain, a lot of gloom, but you know what? It's still going to be a good Sunday because we're still going to have Ravens football and let's hope for a big win. All right, everybody, say it with me. Go Ravens. Ravens.